Inu is Kilure, I will honor her special to her in filiere, Agas Mutic Cortus Lenar Goshery Garden, Trish Brishak of Lin Mariola, Estrella Covid. What a great pleasure it is to be back celebrating these garden parties at Oris and Utron, which represent different themes and they recognize the achievements of different groups of our citizenships on behalf of all of us in, in general. And Sabine and I have the gracious pleasure in welcoming you all this afternoon towards the Nutron, which is a celebration over these series of, of garden parties. It's a celebration of Ireland and all its diversity and sense of connection. It's a traditional element of the, uh, of the Oris life, if you like. But we're very, very particularly, we're glad to be, as it were, welcoming people back again after what everyone has been through. Uh, between after during COVID, you can see it has affected my dogs even as well. It's a great special thing This is a very special garden party. For today, we include in our honouring of community a very specific group community called Loder Special, a community comprised of those who are bonded together through their unique relationship with the founding moments of our state and the efforts that resulted in the creation of an independent Ireland, the independent Ireland we enjoy today. And I'm so delighted that so many of the members of those generations, that those families, have been able to join us here today in Orson I do realise, I think, it's further south in University College of Cork, they have a very special seminar, so wish them well on the Civil War, which begins today, and I think it continues until Saturday. The teacher will be speaking, I think, uh, later on today. But I think that was very, very special to realise is that all these events, which I've been celebrating myself through the Mockmuff series, they don't exist really for just academic interest. I'm very, very interested in all of the families, for example, the calculation that was made was not made on reason alone, but on emotion and theatre, a sense of independence, of maybe it will be this time we will achieve freedom. And that was all transacted within families who, in those years, paid a very, very cute price, but also it was one that continued long afterwards. I hope that, I'm so pleased that so many members of the families we are on have been able to join with us in their different generations, as it should always be. I hope you've had the opportunity during your visit here to view the 16 trees planted in the Oris grounds, which Spina and I did as a, uh, in memory of those executed in 1916. The planting of trees is a commitment made during the first Oliver meeting on the 20th of August, 1919. It was associated very much with the Barton family and is an agreement that was honoured three years ago when Sabine and I planted 16 birch trees 
to mark the centenary commemoration of the 1916 Rising. Earlier, we had actually celebrated the Citizen Army and the Starry Plough is there for you to visit as well. But the trees with their commemorative plaques naming those executed after the 1916 East Rising will be there and will stand as a living and flourishing memorial to those brave men to whom so many of you are related. And I want to at this point say somebody who just died a few weeks ago, Father Brian Murphy, was of great assistance to us in the execution of that memorial. He was passionately committed to both scholarly historical work and the restoration and care of Glyn Stowell's historic gardens. And those joint passions were brought together in assisting us with our commemorative project, leaving a profound and lasting legacy of which Brian Murphy's family can be very proud. There are others among you who are related to those who played their own seismic role in the, on the streets of Dublin and beyond that during the foundational moments of our nation's history. There are main names that may not feature in, in all of the songs and poems that are now part of our heritage or in the names of our streets and buildings, but there are names that have been reclaimed and acknowledged over time, now written into the history books of Ireland that they so, to which they so rightfully belong. I do want to say it's, I'm so pleased that there's particular families here, including somebody I remember every Saturday when I was in politics. Every Saturday, my dear, dear friend, Alf McLaughlin, would be there putting order on the, what we had to do for our Saturday clinic and the rest of it. And I'm so pleased, he, of course, was the closest relative to Patrick Pierce. And um, I'm so pleased that the McLaughlin idiot that they are in fact that so many of them were able to be here so many of you could connect it in different ways but I emphasize again that there's nothing academic about this is that you took that experience into yourselves and therefore there is a special place in your hearts uh, for the events that would even give us and gift us our independence I think uh, it's I sometimes think about what the people who were drawn. Dublin, we do know, at that time had one of the worst housing statistics. Houses were falling, tenements were falling. The worst housing statistics in the whole of, or as they would call at that time, in the whole of the empire. As well as that, uh, we had, I know I'm so pleased there are so many members here from, the, from, from James Connolly's family. I often think of the fact I was preparing something for my own people piece on Machna 5 and he mentioned, I think he has mentioned something, that it wasn't right that 8,000 families would own the whole of the island of Ireland and I actually think he was, there weren't quite 8,000, I work out that it was 6,437 but it was, a, 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 it was a interesting that you had, the, 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 you had people, uh, uh, you had as well as this and never let us never forget it that awful catastrophe that was World War One, a war between empires, had robbed a generation. Young people were dying in the fields. There were people coming back. There were people going from the tenements. And all of this was the atmosphere in Dublin. And then all over Ireland as well as that, you were beginning, there had been a, a, a leaving of the country from these landowners that had gone out. Broad, big But anyway, 
But it's, if you get an idea of what it was, uh, what kind of country was it? Out beyond Ireland, out of, out beyond Dublin, and out through the country. There were actually three hundred and three people who Claude Broad here. There were three hundred and three people who had over ten thousand acres. Four hundred thirty-eight people who had more than five, between five and ten thousand acres. Twelve twenty-five or two thousand to five thousand acres. And a thousand to two thousand acres, one thousand seven hundred eighty-eight, and that's the way all these people. The land was very important. Just the year after nineteen sixteen, of the six hundred thousand holdings in Ireland, a hundred twelve thousand of them were less than an acre. A hundred twenty-three thousand were between fifteen acres but less than thirty. So there was land hunger in the country. There was urban poverty and so forth. And all of this was within an empire. But the one thing I think upon which people had been united uh, it was the importance of breaking the connection with the empire and of being responsible for our own affairs. I think uh, what was very, would be very, very important is that land hunger would continue through the long after what they're celebrating in Cork in the, in now when they're talking about the Civil War. The atmosphere was one of, at that time, and there was something like, I think the amount of, there was 2.6, all those people I described, they had 2.6 million acres of land around their large houses, which had about 500 acres around the house itself. And then, in addition to that, in many, many cases, there was this incredible, incredible leaking of people from the country. In 1901, 15 years before the efforts of your ancestors, of all the people born on the island of Ireland, the majority were living outside of the island of Ireland. So therefore, what I think, why do I mention all of this? That was the atmosphere. In other words, the conditions even of our previous efforts at independence, they were the toughest conditions. And people in those conditions, urban poor or landless rural places, people took the effort and they said it wasn't a, a, a rational decision which you could calculate. They said this is what must be done. And they took great risks and they paid a great price. And therefore, so too did the people that they left at home in their homes, where they had a home, and all those in the generations that followed. I say all of this very, very much to say is that so many of you, whether you are directly connected to the events of 1916, or in any other the roles that you played in Dublin or outside of Dublin, these names of your family are now, and we spent a great deal of time in the Martin series, making sure that women were put back into history. And that if you like, the people who had had to leave the country were put back into history. And even as we celebrate the Civil War, a tragedy which it was, that set off, which was not entirely an Irish Civil War, but one which, if you like, the fingers of empire were standing behind it. And therefore, after that, and those who emigrated and so forth, and all of those, that's what the whole purpose of our Martin of series is. <coughs> it's not to find any finger blame, but really to have a full version of our 
history. <coughs> and you being here today enables assist us in that regards. I think that I was delighted <coughs> in 2016 to officially open the special commemorative tree avenue here in the Phoenix Park. But also, I think, I think the connection is such a special one. It's one that unites many of you here this afternoon to each other in a very specific and unique way. <coughs> Whatever the valued memory or relationship that has brought you to this gathering, you share a direct link to the people who risked their lives during Easter 1916. That was the heat, the, the, the air conditioning that's driving my aged chest mad, but that's all right. <laughs> the others need it. <laughs> Thank that broad agrees. Yeah. And I do think, I think that demand for independence. The interesting side of it is we're at a new period in relation to doing our history. And that is not so long ago people would be having academic discussions to say, well, would we have got our independence anyway? We have our independence because we fought an empire to get it. So that matter is now established. And all of you here are descendants of those who not only dreamed of a better Ireland, an Ireland that would, how could it be, would be better by what I have described in terms of cities and in terms of rural Ireland. But also they are not only those who dream, but of those who in their contribution worked with great and extraordinary courage and generosity to make it a reality. And seeing so many of you gathered in one place is a moving reminder of the human essence behind the stories of bravery, vision, and determination that define that chapter of our nation's history. Your grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, whatever it is, they are, of course, stories shaded. We are, mustn't always know that it was, while the, the glory of it all is remembered at some level, but there was loss, there were final leave-takings, there were stories and departures that have cast long their shadow across so many family histories. The events of 16 changed forever the course of Irish history. They also, let us not forget it, left a lasting imprint on those whose relationships with those events is one of family and intimacy, and for whom the heroic sacrifices made during 1916 are not just a source for later generations of patriotic pride, but also of hard choices that had particular and often painful consequences and significance for their families. And then in relation to the Civil War, those of us, like in my own family, were those who had worked for independence, where my uncle would be join, join the National Army and my father would be uh, in Tintown in the Curra until the 21st of December 1923. It was a different... That Civil War uh, did immense harm and damage to relationships, but not only to that, but to those who came after them. I think often as well as that is important that the fullness of the thing with all its glory, but as well its pain, has to be recognised. Empires don't prepare to let those dependent on them go. And the fingers of empire stay coldly gripping what is the new state, and it is as true of India and Africa as it is true of Ireland. But I think, therefore, what's so important is that we did achieve independence, your ancestors, 
achieved an Irish independence where we now have, as it were, our own responsibilities. And your gathering today is a coming together of all those families who grew up perhaps with the memory of a lingering sense of loss of a loved one and who now enable access to a new and humane understanding of the layers of grief and loss and due in order that we might live as free and independent citizens. So you are a special community to whom I, as President of Ireland, offer a very special welcome. And also I do so reminding us of the duties that we who have inherited in independence now have to play our part in building and bringing into being a republic that is truly democratic, inclusive and welcoming to the fullest participation of all of our citizens in whatever their circumstances. And that is what Mokhnov has been about. And I think as well as that, there's always a challenge there, and that is to complete what was begun. The gift of independence is a beginning, and how we use our independence is how we will be judged. I think very often, occasionally during the last couple of years of during COVID, people would occasionally refer to the idealism that is there in the Declaration of 1960, in the Proclamation of 1916. But it is also the case in ways that it, with independence came. The fullness of that declaration is yet to be achieved. I think there is no harm in just recognising in many ways that what was possible was not fully achieved, I think. I think of those brave people in that first doll to which I had made reference, who spoke not just of the rights of children, but spoke of the rights of all citizens. I think of Tom Johnson, and I think of people like that, who thought that they would take the implement of the new state and make it deliver a truly social revolution. But that's our task, and that's those who will come after us our task to complete that. I think that from that difficult time, I think even the more recent time of COVID when we have been saying we all came together as a community, we have to achieve the full benefits of community, yes. And it will be when we have, in fact, mustered up all that courage that your ancestors had to say, it isn't only about today, it is about the tomorrow that we have to create together, and not for the space of an island that is called Ireland, but for the whole world. And that's why it's great that we as an independent country are embracing issues of climate change, issues of sustainability. We are, in the same way as we're responding now, to events in Ukraine, but we're also responding to hunger in Yemen. We're responsible to the Horn of Africa, where once again, over 10 years ago, we said we'd never let it happen again, and it is happening as I speak. That is Irishness. That is the internationalism that Connolly had, the internationalism of the signatories, the internationalism of the small people and the black people, and all of the people who together gave us the benefit of our independence. And they would want us to have that generous global vision, and not only to have it for abroad, but for those who are closest to us, whom to whom we should always deal with the dignity that is essential in any version of equality. Today, I hope that you will have a wonderful afternoon enjoying those we have assembled for you, and they're very, very good.
I sin tid kom jag att ha känt att jag kjöttrade skjuten med hennes gam och vika som har gått från gå. Kom alla skinnet, kallar man Harrigan, Agnesna Trudica Atkinson, Kieran Brown, St. James's Brass and Reed Band, Lad Lane, Vintage Boombox, CMAT, The Wonderful Dublin Gay Men's Chorus and Le Boo. And Sabine and I are greatly looking forward to seeing anyone we haven't heard yet. And I do want to thank the Office of Public Works for its assistance and it is they who are the employers of our wonderful, unfailing, good-humoured staff at Forest and Uptron, whose culinary skills you have been enjoying already. Every year they look forward to, to, to these events. I do want to thank the Secretariat in my own office and other for all of the organisation and planning. Philip Sweeney and Arcana are in charge of sound and technical matters. Uh, today, I've already met and thanked the Civil Defence, John of God's Defence Forces and Gashka for all of the help they've given us. Arish, Gamfirkin Fajarov, Akasar Mahane, Nisahan Saifi. Tasulam Gamwinithi Chan of Asan Midfakat and Tranonas the Niha. Win Chan of Asan Kyolas, As Akahoira and Kuluder. You are a very special community. Enjoy each other's friendship, exchange it all, and enjoy every moment knowing how welcome you are in Orison Utra. Milibuikas as Barbara.